0: Our next speaker is Javesh, who um I'll join us shortly, and will be talking to us about the, the role of design research, uh, expanding the role of design research in startups. Javesh, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, thank you, UX Australia and everyone else uh, for having me today and providing your valuable time. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we meet today. I would also like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. My name is Jitesh and I'm a design professional with 17 years of experience. I call Melbourne, Australia home now, uh, but I was born and brought up in Kerala, India. Uh, Right from a young age, I was fascinated by how people make stuff and why they made it that way. Uh, Startups, in my view, represent the desire and passion we all have for change. Um, How can design researchers help the startup ecosystem to have their back and to prevent failure? Design in the startup ecosystem, as far as I know, is alarmingly driven by uh, a need to make things look pretty. Um, In this session, I would like to explain how, in my experience, learn how to go beyond the pixels and lay the foundation for good design research operations in, a, in new and emerging startups. Over my career, I tried to start companies. I failed uh, all the time, uh, around eight times. Uh, I worked in various scale-ups and a couple of startups. Uh, I love the energy, the ability to own my future, and influence the team to make a wider impact. I currently lead design at a construction tech startup called Mast. We are just two years old and uh, we are counting in terms of our customer growth and um, on the product impact. Why do founders actually design? Like Most successful founders that I have um, uh, worked with have a deep understanding of the problem space. They've either felt that pain and they have the confidence that if they address that pain points, they will succeed with the product and the company design choices are still about making it look pretty or making them look good there's a rush to deliver features to outperform competitors or get more investor funding design talent in the startup ecosystem caters to branding marketing social media and graphic design and it's complemented by these uh, freelance tools like upwork and so forth where you can actually find talent to do that this leaves product design and research design Uh, underrepresented in the startup ecosystem. And when startups are being formed, um, there are very few design leaders who get excited to join in that uh, journey. I was always um, fascinated by architecture and how big construction projects took place. And having worked as an industrial designer, I knew the pain of collaborating to build a a small product, let alone a big one. I'm in awe and admiration of the many who transform the face of the earth. Construction is still the least digitized industry in the world, which contributes to a major portion of global domestic product. There's high labor shortage in developed economies. In developing economies, um, they have low skills and high churn when it comes to the sector, like daily daily, um, workforce, like daily wage workforces. Many reasons apart from this also contribute to the sector's low productivity. Hence, we face uh, delays in project completion. There's disputes on over over budget spends and risk analysis and so forth. This is an area that our startup tries to play in. Some examples of problems that I've learned from my experience working in the construction sector. There are many processes used by companies that work on a single project. The workforce has doubts on how digitization helps them get better. Infrastructure and practical elements come in the way of digitization, internet connectivity, site safety regulations, battery resources on uh, digital devices, and so forth. There are also barriers of cultural language and accessibility barriers at play. Uh, At MAST, we help capital works projects get built better. We help project, program, and portfolio managers to have real-time data in one place as a single source of truth. Quality insights that are tailored to business KPIs that matter to different styles of working. Accelerated anytime reports for better decision-making. We try to kill spreadsheets. That's That's our motto. Being an early stage startup, the product design function is at its uh, infancy. So most research and design activities were still done by non-designers. Design choices were made uh, were based on what looks good for a few stakeholders. Customer obsession without framing a good problem or even probing for customer behavior can quickly turn into feature request gathering exercise. It's done with good intention, but without the knowledge of how to best utilize customer-facing sessions, the product uh, delivery function inherits the brunt of spinning wheels without any traction. In my experience, uh, understanding the purpose of why a company exists is key to doing anything else as a designer. As Simon Sinek puts it, you can't debate the why. It's deep psychology and mapped into our biology. Spending time with the founders and listening to the leaders of why they started the company. Understand the sphere of influence so you can chase after how things are done. Then get to what people are doing and how it impacts the company, customers, and its users. few tactics I recommend. One-on-one interviews, lunch, coffee, visits to their workplaces. And with remoteness, it's a bit hard, but still try to find virtual sessions where you can have chats with your leadership team workshops to understand what founders and leadership want out of design and where they want to take the company through design map the people and org structure to understand who's responsible for what do a design maturity survey internally to understand what others think about design do an audit of things that we deliver as a design team so some things from a design point of view try doing a first-time experience journey map. So you're not biased of the product. You just have an experience. So you could do heuristic evaluation. I would suggest um, not bringing concepts that are too academic in nature to a startup environment. Try to do the same uh, thing, but do it in a way that people can consume it uh, quite quickly. Um, So just simple screen grab and highlight things that are done well and that what can be done better. Use tools like Lighthouse Reports on web-based projects or Accessibility Auditor on native platform like iOS, et cetera. Um, Have discussions to see if you can build a research panel. Uh, Some industry sectors can be very challenging, especially our industry. We work with government, defense, and capital work. So uh, getting access to users and sharing. Uh, So it's very crucial to be identify them Um, uh, maintain data in a way. So think about all the data governance and the data um, um, policies or privacy policies that you have to consider uh, when you're um, building your research panel. Also, in the context of startups, every customer is precious. So be very cautious on how you make up the research panel as the founders, the sales team, and the customer support. Uh, team would be very sensitive because they would be having so many interactions and building up conversations for the next uh, contract or the next sale. So UX teams or product teams need to um, complement that conversation and uh, and be in, a, in synergy. Um, to be effect, fast and effective in a startup, you need to free up your time from trivial tasks. So UI discussions on how it should look Theme colors, typesetting, font choices, are low value discussions points in an early stage startup. Move these conversations to a design system working group. The key to being effective is having discussions on what users are doing with the product and where they aren't using the product and understanding the why. You may not be able to be in all the customer conversations. So try to advocate to understand the behavior of the users and not just bring back symptoms. I see a lot of designers spending their energy on design systems, um, and this is from my experiences and some social media posts about what our design teams are doing. In my experience on all design system uh, conversations, lead to uh, leads to consistency, efficiency, and building things faster. I think in a startup environment, this is probably not the optimal uh, use of your time. So, uh doing it in-house so there are so many established design systems out there so to reduce the time you and your team spend on how it looks discussions so you can focus on how it works conversations cherry pick guidelines and templates and point people to follow them short five-minute conversations with engineers uh, product managers is what you should be aiming for while you're at it build your design patterns draft. So when you get an example of something that is being worked on, um, then you try to make it better, define an anatomy of it, and try to establish best practice on how it should be uh, built. As As much as we would like to believe that we are the champions of users and customer voice and behavior, in reality, in a startup environment, it might not be. We may spend at most eight hours a week with customers. Contrast that with customer success, support, and sales team who spend majority of their time with customers and users. The activities customer-facing teams perform might be different to design research tasks, but using them to probe on why users do certain things and identifying the gaps in the journey of how people do their current work would be very valuable for the product and development team. We started having discussions at mast about, uh, so using customer success team to take notes based on the jobs to be done discovery method. So they focus on the situation, motivation and outcome uh, rather than just saying, what feature did you want? Examples of helping others to do research activities. Uh, sneaking in mixed method service in quarterly nPS or sentiment gate service getting teams to debrief before and after interviews on key takeaways and this is specifically in our context because we deal with uh, sensitive customer data we don't record sessions or we don't take screenshots etc we Take notes and then debrief. This is very effective because uh, we we reduce the time of analyzing it and uh, after that session is over, we are very effective in just summarizing the key takeaways and then uh, uh, getting it valued. And I've seen that uh, as research leaders, we try to do repository and then insight generations and then letting others consume it in a way that's valuable for them. I found that the debriefing sessions and having the right people in interviews and sessions in customer facing sessions are way more effective than trying to um, prepare the reports and then sending them their way. Suggesting teams not to ask closed ended questions or lead customers to answers. And this can be quite challenging as sales and customer support teams probably have a habit because that's the way they like to close deals and so forth. So you need to work with them to help them understand the value of asking open-ended questions. And it, might, it can be a challenge as a design research leader. Providing weekly and monthly reading reference materials and these are materials that I usually share in Slack channels and so forth, just to improve, um, so cheat sheets, for example, into their playbook. so we tried to create a cheat sheet that uh, uses the JTBD uh, concept of asking situ- situations, motivations and outcome, uh, and we are getting better insights from all these notes. Um, at Mast, I try to encourage everyone to understand our customers in three aspects. What are they doing with our product? What do they think about our product and our brand? What are they saying about our product and us as a company? These questions are also being asked by other functions. So I enable them with material to accelerate the path to answers. You can see some examples of um, things that I share with other Uh, functions and they it's all public so everyone gets to uh, pick and understand these concepts and use them if they want to there will be many activities in flight already that are engaging customers to get some answers so try to find them and use them as project horses for mixed method research be mindful not to get too carried away and come in the way of that functional success. Uh, in startup land, as an example, NPS is often sought out by, as a vanity metrics by investors. So having this number is in the best interest of founders, leadership, so you will face very little resistance to actually conducting the survey. The challenge would be how to hide the research tactics, other research tactics, without giving away the problem horse. So in, in our case, I embedded a system usability survey in our annual NPS survey. Uh, and um, the, the mechanism of sending the survey was through email, so we didn't disrupt the actual product flow. I love it when other functions do the job for us. Uh, when I was a bit younger, I hated this, and now I come around to more um, gray hairs. Um, I love it when marketing, growth, and strategy teams refer to design activities packaged as innovative magic portions. Promote them and use them well. Uh, they help get your point across easily in a practical way. Nobody wants to hear a lecture on design. Everybody wants results in in a fast-paced um, startup uh, ecosystem. Some of the UX magic portions that sell well in startups: um, uh, NPS jobs to be done, prototyping, agile, etc. Follow me on social media, and I'll be sharing the whole pack of the benefits uh, of these magic portions. I'm going to talk about a few uh today the one that i really like is nps um as mentioned before this one is an easy one to sell be mindful of your business type though in business b2b and and enterprise this can be tricky as the buyer and the user of your product are different so the actual score and the why uh, um uh, uh, Might be misleading, and as you know, Jared Spool has written a quite a good article about um, NPS not being as effective a, a metric to measure your customer sentiment. Uh, the reason I like to use this is it's like I said, it's a Trojan horse. Everybody knows it, so you don't need to explain what it is, and you can be very effective in sneaking. If you're the re- design researcher who's actually implementing the survey. It's in your control to tweak what other surveys you can do. So like I said, in our case, I, um, I tried uh, putting in the SUS uh, survey as well, and it's, it, you have the control on how to make it better. Uh, I love uh, the JTBD framework as this helps to have quick and easy discussions on behavior rather than opinions. It can be challenging as we may not understand which type of users are doing these behaviors. So you may need to understand your user segments or personas better in addition to using this framework. Again, I love it because this is very easy sell to get everyone across on something that focuses on customer or user behavior. This is a fairly new uh, magic portion and is causing some waves. Um, uh, and uh, this one, in my opinion, is genuinely valuable in validating ideas quickly with real data rather than opinions. The friction is many folks misunderstand the name to prototyping. Uh, there's a concept called XYZ uh, hypothesis that I often see uh, have seen come in the way. Cross-functional teams have different views on the success of an experiment. So spending time on coming to shared success metrics uh, is quite uh, important. Uh, at MAST, we use a mix of OKR research effort estimation and the RICE framework for uh, uh, championed by Intercom to define our design process and have discussions on the value of design. This is important as with very little resources, we can focus on efforts on the highest value projects and initiatives, but still get low value experience unblocked to provide us with insights. We try to map every project or initiative to our business objective. We map the value as in what it can increase, decrease or improve. We use a very dirty version of the rice prioritization uh, complementing our research efforts, uh, estimator metrics. For each of our research methods, we have a design process associated with it. The design and the research process is still kept very simple as learn, make, and improve buckets. The design heavy involves analyzing the right problem, uh, divergent thinking, and converging with intent. Research heavy is understanding business goals and chasing after knowing what we don't know. We engage with stakeholders by providing actionable insights as a priority. We classify our non-actionable insights as a good to know. Research light processes are mostly research activities that can be done in a day or two. Usability testing, which require non-domain expertise, validation on concepts by industry experts are a few examples. Ship and measure is actually something that can be a lot in flight. Most of these comes when we review our usage data, sales, and support logs, and we know that these can be done quickly, but we have some doubts on the impact that it has. We ship it and see what happens. To recap, actively listen and learn from everyone around you, starting from the founders and leadership. Move how it looks discussions away to working groups and start picking up how it works discussions. Look out for existing activities to join forces to do design research. Define the value of research before doing it. The works of these leaders and artists have inspired me and my work. All credits to them. We are hiring at MAST in product UX and design team. So please reach out to me on or browse through our roles in our LinkedIn profile. Thank you so much for having me on UX Australia
0: 2022 and have a wonderful rest of the event. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. It's an interesting space. Um, there's, there seems to be an awful amount of opportunity in this area.
1: Yes, it is It is one of the hot, hottest uh, space now after fintech. And so forth, uh, and one of the reasons is um, it's it's a very le- um, low digitized environment for many reasons, and there's um, just building design itself. I don't think can solve the problem there. And also there are very few designers there so it's a mix of problems and it's very practical problem right where you've got the environment coming into the space you've got culture you've got um, uh, people who worked in the industry for 50 40 years have aversion to digital tools as well, right? They've they've seen success. So why yeah. are you asking me to a new way to do it? So it's quite interesting. I love it. Uh, I kind of like I, I I fell in I fell in love with design first. Now I've fallen in love with construction. So it's like two things that's put together for me.
0: Yeah. I think one of the the things about it as an industry is that you get to like see and touch your results. Um, you know in, in a way that digital things and even services um you can't quite do in the same way. Um, but in construction you get to go up and touch the thing and walk around the thing and you know like go into the thing or drive on it or ride on it or whatever it might be. Like there's real tangibility um to what you're to what you're working on.
1: Yeah, and uh, I actually started my career as an industrial designer. And when I transitioned to software, I missed it. I, I didn't have that feeling of you know, building that clay model or prototypes. And now that I, you mention it, it is actually a full circle now that I'm building this, contributing to this larger uh, transformation of the world.
0: Yeah. Um, Claire asked the question um, what's the main selling point for research to a startup?
1: I think, um, great question, and I think uh, it's preventing failure in a startup environment when they know what they don't know. Uh, It it opens up so much uh, opportunity to build, be innovative. So I think uh, innovation is the key selling um, part of uh, research in a startup environment. Because how all these startups come in, in my observation, is that they see a small problem and they kind of got like a feature market fit, right? Then it comes to the next one is like a product market fit. But I think there's an element of innovation market fit, right? How do you make these uh, transformational changes? And I think research really helps and research I would, uh, in my opinion, design is underrepresented. Uh, Research is even underrepresented, but they're doing research. They're they're like doing research in an uninformed way. So um, great question. And I think it's actually put me in a thought process to think more and give a better answer next time.
0: Um, Janani asked a question, um, construction is such a regulated industry. Have you faced any issues in terms of balancing regulatory requirements with design creativity?
1: Uh, great question again, and this is actually, so a so few things to touch upon there, accessibility, security, um, GDPR, privacy, uh, there's lots of um, areas that we need to consider while designing products, so I, I have a feeling this will be one of the reasons designers don't shift towards this side of the store fence, because when you work on a consumer grade app, you can make fancy stuff, but on the construction side, it is a bit more harder to do. And I think uh, I'm a champion of creativity without constraint is art, right? And as a designer, these constraints actually help you be more innovative and creative. And I like those boundaries. And the the team that comes to work for in and all the designers that I've worked in in the past. And um, so Aconyx and um, Estimate One is all the other spaces that I work in, they all are designers who understand these constraints and love the challenge of working within that constraint. And uh, it's it, it it's an important one. We need those boundaries so that more inclusive uh, software is uh, built and mm-hmm. more safer software is built for the people who work on these
0: yeah. sites. I think um, one of the things over the years that I've, I've noticed is that there is a... Um, a very different tolerance for errors or failures amongst the IT industry and the technology industry than there is amongst the engineering industry. Um, And it doesn't really matter where you find an engineer, and I think construction has this sort of same um, lack of tolerance for error. um, where, And and it comes down to, quite simply, that when engineers make errors and, and make mistakes, people have a tendency to die or get hurt, right, in a way that doesn't, you know, when when it happens in a technology sense, in, in a lot of cases, people get upset or frustrated or it takes longer or they get locked out of a, of a piece of technology, whereas when engineers make mistakes, people get hurt. Um, and it's it's interesting to see technology operating within an engineering sense in this kind of way uh, and to understand that tolerance for error.
1: Yeah. And what you just mentioned, Steve, reminds me of uh, a chat that I had some time ago and someone said, doctors kill uh, in one and engineers kill in 20. (laughs) So it's like, uh, yeah, the the impact of errors in this space is uh, drastic. And yeah. you need to be careful on things that you do and how you build these. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: The people that you're engaging with, I think the the sort of point I was getting at is that they the people using your systems um, have a very very different tolerance to errors and failures um, than other yes. an, a, a different a different of users might. There.
1: And I think the, the, uh, the trailing point to that is like the industry in itself uh, doesn't have like a self, like to look at it, our sales cycles are different. Uh, to sell these products to people, you have to actually convince or even show the value really well, different to other SaaS products where you can build up a website and people come and buy and play with it, right? Uh, like yeah. you said, it's, the tolerance level of accepting a digital software is very different to a consumer-grade application. And in our, in our business, we have a panel of industry experts who help us vet um, this through before we even go to the customers.
0: Yeah, I bet. I bet. Thank you so much for that presentation. It's a, it's a really interesting space and I, I, I look forward to seeing more of it as it develops over time. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me. Wonderful.